It's Friday night, everybody. You know what that means. It's Friday night. Let's have some fun. Let's get together and play a ton. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm John. And we're... Friday night games. Last game standing. Yeah. <laughs> we want to immerse you into our love of the hobby by educating and entertaining you through our board gaming adventures. Our podcast lands every Friday and we create content for Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsor, TabletopRenaissance.ca, located in our hometown of Windsor, Ontario. They have a new web store that's up, so check it out, TabletopRenaissance.ca, for your board game and tabletop miniature needs. So this is a very special podcast. It is going to be over five episodes. So, John, are you excited? Oh, yeah, dude, I'm jazzed. I'm very thankful that you did all the work. (laughs) (laughs) You just get the... Well, I'm just I mean, participating. You just, yeah, you actually are a participant, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no one knows what we're talking about, but that's cool. So, we're, <laughs> so we over the last uh, basically two months now created a very special five episode thing that we're going to call Last Game Standing. You yeah. copyright like by us. Battle, <laughs> a battle of the of the bands featuring board games. Sure. Yeah, or Canada Reads, what we were totally yep. ripped off. But, you know, whatever flavor you want to call it, it's... <laughs> so, okay, well, okay, this is what it is, all right? So last game standing, what's going to happen is it's five-episode series, starting with episode zero today. Four content creators and us will each represent a lesser popular board game that came out in 2020. Each week, a game will be voted off until there's only one winner, and that will be the winner of all winners, the battle of all bands, the Canada Reads, whatever. It's the winner. (laughs) Each game will go through a series of questions that each representative will have to answer, and their answer will lead to that board game staying or going after a bit of debate. On each show, a different content creator will join us to vote off a game. If there's a tie, it's going to be decided by me. (laughs) I spent a lot of time making this stuff. I don't even really get to participate because I have to organize it. So I get to decide who wins. And the content creators will pre-record their answers, which will be aired each week. Every content creator will get to vote. But whoever on the show, there's, you know, like say Dice and Dragons is on the show and Julie and Jason are on the show, then each of them will get a vote on the week that they're on the show. But other than that, they only get one vote. Nice. I know that's super confusing and even to them, and I'm sure that they're going to complain to me, but hey, whatever. <laughs> it is what <laughs> so it is. So why, why did we want to do this in the first place? Why did last game standing have to happen, Matt? I'm not going to lie. Uh, we totally ripped off Canada Reads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like totally ripped off categories and in fact the idea came from my wife which you can hear two podcasts ago she loves Reads. she listens to it every year and she was just like hey you should do this with board games and i'm like yeah we should but that seems like a lot of work <laughs> <laughs> right yeah so okay just in case you don't know i don't know joe what's what is Reads as an example for how i'm 
to conduct this. So I don't know. You, I know you're a fan of it. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not like a huge fan, but I know what it is. I first heard about it in 2016. Basically, it's an annual Battle of the Books competition that's organized through the CBC. And basically, they pick Canadian authors books to battle off and they they debate about it but what's cool about it is that each year has a theme so they pick a theme and then they pick like five books that match the theme of that year and then there's a series of usually like well-known canadian people they could be like anywhere from like musicians i guess or people who are on the radio or tv personalities and they kind of just debate the books and one comes out as the winner what's cool about it is they release the list like months and months in advance about six months i think so in hopes that people will go to the bookstores buy these books read them and like kind of participate in the competition as well right we're not that popular so we're releasing it today (laughs) (laughs) that next year maybe next year you know what? If it is popular, I would love to release the list in advance and then get everyone to get on board with that. And maybe, maybe you know, this year I kind of like said, hey, we're going to do a little bit more unpopular stuff. But maybe we, we may, you know, thinking back, I'm like, we should have totally did a popular stuff. Cause, and I got a little bit of heck from the uh, content creators for that. And you'll hear that when they <laughs> introduce themselves. <laughs> That's okay. That's our theme, unpopular games. <laughs> Unpopular games by unpopular content creators. Okay. (laughs) No, that's not true. I think we're the only unpopular ones on this list. (laughs) (laughs) That's completely true. Okay, so let's let's get back to how I wanted to do this, right? And and me and you, we had a lot of fun. Like we were throwing around ideas, right? I think you at first were like, dude, we should do all Canadian, correct? Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, I mean that. I think I ideally would have wanted that, but I think just the logistics of it, because I was gonna, I was like all Canadian, like all content Canadian content creators, all Canadian like publishers, design, you know, designers and all that stuff. Like too, I right? sold, like I totally sold you on it. Like you're like, yeah, yeah, this is great. We should do it, and it'd be amazing if it was all Canadian. But that's hard, right? It's like super hard. Yeah, we don't know too much Canadian history in the board gaming sector, I guess, but gives us something to do for next year to think about. Yeah, I mean, we do have contacts. Basically through Bridge City Gamers, they're they're collecting all the Canadian board game designers, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But as of when we started doing this, we didn't really have those contacts. So we're like, ah, whatever. And then, like you said, logistics of like, if we were going to do it that way, we'd have to buy, like, I think we would have to buy all the games and then like send it out to everybody. And that that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if we pitched the idea and we had like a full plan of what was going on, we're like, hey, publishers is what we want to do. Maybe, maybe. They would send us the games, but that's all. That's a lot to ask. So it was like what five copies? It was like twenty games or something like you know. Yeah, five times. It's five, a lot of games right? to ask for. for... Five, five times five. That's twenty-five yeah. games. Uh, that's that's quite a bit when you think about it. And some of them are expensive. Some of them are like a hundred-dollar games. It is right. a lot to ask for, and and also like we don't have like anything proven out. So that this is kind of our our proving series. So if this is successful, we would love to go further with it, do it again and get publishers to actually send us stuff. Yeah. So do the same thing, but be like, Hey, this is what we got. These are results. What do you think? That'd be pretty cool. And maybe we'll go to the CBC and they'll put us on TV. Yeah. I don't think we have TV faces. But <laughs> <laughs> well, what they'll do is they'll hire, they'll hire real actors. <laughs> they'll Listen, just... dude, I've been working out. So <laughs> I don't think that matters though. Yeah, I don't think it matters either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, 
Let's get this guy out of here, Matt. Let's no, it's here. fine. It's fine. Look, it, <laughs> our whole idea was great, and it was it was actually getting pretty hard, right? So like, like I'm like I'm like okay, you know, maybe the Canadian thing isn't gonna work out. It's a little bit hard to get all these Canadian people and to figure out the best Canadian game. And I'm like, you know, we're super Canadians, you know, whatever. But so I was just like, you know what? This is crazy. So instead of like that, I'm like, how about I just pre-select 10 games and then see if anyone played five of these, right? Doesn't that sound easy, John? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure people played at least 50% of the games that we selected anyway. Yeah, the games that, that are selected now, right. Um, yeah. But when I was doing the research, I'm like, you know, I'm such a hipster. I didn't want to pick super popular games that everyone already played and known about. And I don't know. I probably should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, no the, the, I, I think what you did was fine because it got us to think a little bit harder because everyone's doing content on those popular games. Right. So these are still great. Like the games that we're talking about are still great games mm-hmm. that I, we just don't see as much of. Right. So, I, so I'm going to go over how I got the original list so basically i did research i use board game geek fantastic resource for looking up things especially if you hit the if you click on the search you'll see like an advanced search option click on that it is amazing so what i did was i at first i took off every 2020 game so it can only be released in 2020 Mm -hmm. so sorry the crew (laughs) (laughs) that would have been my winner but i'm like "Ah, i have to lay down the rules at some point and then it couldn't be too popular or have too many ratings so so guess what was eliminated from that john probably got like gloomhaven Uh arnak dune imperium yep and then some other games like Praga, something, something that I don't even know how to pronounce. And I'm not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want it to be too complicated. So I took out like the weight, the weighty games. So, okay. so guess, guess what got eliminated from that one? Oh, uh, Gloomhaven. Yep. <laughs> guess, guess what got eliminated from everything? Gloomhaven. Yeah, right? Gloomhaven. Yeah. I took out te- okay. Techinu too. A lot of people like Techinu. So I took that out. At first, I didn't want re-implementations. So guess what I took out again? <laughs> Is Gloomhaven going to be like the uh, best podcast of this list? <laughs> Just gets deleted off everything. Uh, I did. I did delete it off everything. And then the game should play in 60, 60 minutes. Yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Take it off. I feel again. like I, I feel like I, re- I, I read the rules for over 60 minutes of Gloomhaven. <laughs> Which I think did, did we say? Yeah. Gloomhaven did, did win like the heavy game or something or medium game. I don't know. Would it win heavy or medium? That was a couple podcasts back. Do you remember? I, I usually delete things out of my brain. After we do it. <laughs> I don't know. Someone, Next five weeks should be interesting. Someone dropped it in the comments. I don't remember either. No expand. I did not want an expansion because there was actually some expansions that were really high on the list. So I took those out yeah. too. For instance, the Spirit Island expansion, I'm actually playing through it right now, is basically a game in itself, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. And then the game should have about 300 plus ratings. So I don't know. That actually didn't really eliminate anything. <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you <laughs> this massive list still in front of you yeah i'm like yeah i'll take off all 300 ratings it was still like i guess it took off like the games that were like there might have been 10 reviews and they're all like perfect tens yeah so and then i and i i didn't go by the board game geek waiting because that doesn't count that counts like you know how many plays on top of the score so what i did was i just ordered it by user score so it had to have okay. 300 scores and it had to be rated by user score so i could see like what the top games were all right i want to know what this list is okay okay and and my inspiration john was the games everyone could play which is going to be really funny because i'll explain in a second and okay. i even ex- consulted our followers and i'm like give me 
and they all gave amazing recommendations and i was totally thrilled like there were some there's so many good games on there that actually hit this list too like i kind of used what the twitter followers tweeted at me and i used that to kind of help me create the list so a bit of a warning here john this is not the games in the top five (laughs) for the show (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Although some of them did make it, but most of them did not. Yeah, that's okay. okay. Okay, so the list is Honey Buzz, Calico, Tang Garden, Santa Monica, Athenaeum, Mystic Library, God's Love Dinosaurs, The Search for Planet X, My City, Castles of Tuscany, and Rallyman GT. And I was so freaking happy with this list. Like like just like ecstatic. I thought this list was amazing. What do you what do you think of that list, huh? What do you think that's good or what? You know what? It's a super good list. I'm kind of I'm kind of wishing we picked a different game for ours now that now that I'm looking at it again. I mean, we can say what game we chose. Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, well, yeah. We chose Castle of Tuscany, which is which is fine. But I think I think I would have like loved to champion Gods of Dinosaurs. I'm on a big Panosaurus game kick right now. But yeah, it's a great list. The only downside from my experience doing this so far is that because we're in a provincial uh, lockdown, because we wanted to play all the games that are on our list. That so Matt and I played all the games, but it was all done virtually online. So I don't think I got the full experience to play the game. Right. That's but that's the only downside. So I wish I actually put like hands on. With, with the games that were chosen. I think I've only really played... Gods Love Dinosaurs, probably. Two. Well, of the, of the ones that are like chosen, I think I've only played two uh, in real life. No, you played yeah. Gods Love Dinosaurs, My City, Castles of Tuscany, and did you not no, play... I'm of the ones that were chosen for this. Oh, the, the ones the we chose. Yeah, of the ones yeah. we chose, it was all digital, which kind of sucked. Yeah... And I even actually, good. I even went out and bought a bunch of these games too, and I was super excited. I kind of like jumped the wagon, but you know, there's always learning curves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any money, but I'm gonna buy all the games. Basically, I mean, Tang Garden and Santa Monica are still sitting on my shelf. I played Athenaeum with my wife, which was awesome. I actually think that game is super underrated. Search for Plan X, you can't even get. That's like the game of 2021. <laughs> you know. All right, so let's get back to reality. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen none of this happened yes <laughs> which was kind of sad actually you know i put a lot of effort into that i had to spend like a month thinking about all those games and like you know trying to like get people to to hopefully enjoy it so i'm like i doubt all the content creators played these and i was right so i literally threw out a twitter post and was like who wants to play with us anyone played all these games and you could believe what my response was back. <laughs> I only played like one or two of those games. Yeah, basically, or like <laughs> crickets, <laughs> or like or like like just crickets. Like everyone's just like afraid to touch it. You know, yeah. so, some people are like, "Dude, maybe next year." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> I'm like, I need this now. But you know, I guess it's a thing you can't expect everyone to play it unless it was like a con- bunch of content creators in the same location who could get together. That's, that's not going to happen, right. right? But yeah, I was pretty defeated, man. I was super defeated. And, and I just was like so stuck on trying to recreate the Canada Reads experience. And <sighs> yeah. Hey, it is what it is, man. <laughs> I, it, it's year one. It's year one, first time we're doing it. We got it, we got it. Yeah, maybe next time everyone will be jazzed up or we just choose more popular games. I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, me being me, I didn't give up and, and I just I was just like, screw it. This is such a good idea. We're just going to change the rules. 
<laughs> or create new ones. I don't know. We're going to figure it out, right? And and so, like, first of all, like, I guess the first thing I did was I just approached people that we know or have done mm-hmm. content with. I I trust and, and I know they're going to be there for us. And that was the most important thing is that I know that they're I can rely on them to help us out. Now, I didn't expect them to play all the games. And so I changed the rules. It went from like, hey, did anyone play these games? And all of them are like, no. And then I'm like, okay, well, I kind of sent them all an email. They all agreed to it. They're all like, sure. And I didn't think they realized what they agreed to, which is fine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you saw the email I sent them. It's pretty massive. Outlined all the rules and everything, right? I'm sure, I'm sure like they're just like, what is this textbook here? It's okay. Maybe we'll send them something as a thank you. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Anyway, so I sent them all these huge, huge email and, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, can you choose one of these games? Or if not, I'm open to whatever you want to suggest. And and you don't have to play all of them. You're just championing a game. And hopefully all the content creators will do their research or at least listen to what we sent them so that they can determine which games should be eliminated each round. So that Mm -hmm. was kind of the idea. And then then the second thing was like, at first I'm like, Canada Reads has everybody on the show and it's kind of like managed. And I'm like, "Mm, that's going to be chaos. First of all, it's going to be impossible. How are we going to get, you know, five different groups of content creators to align their schedules together to be on a show it's going to take forever right right like that's like it's, it's going to take forever and it's going to take a really long time to coordinate everybody to just kind of give their info and debate like it's going to be hard yeah and like this is everyone's like side gig hobby right like it's this isn't our full-time job right and, and as a listener you should you should see it actually takes a ton of effort for me to schedule all these guests but not only that i have to schedule them at very specific days normally we're just like we're like hey when are you available and they like give us a week right yeah. but this time i'm like i literally had to be like okay all four guests of several people <laughs> give me your schedule and i'm like i'm like i basically i'm like when are you not available and then that was kind of like how it determined who was on the show when so when you do hear the guests it wasn't determined by you know this guest is better than this guest no no no. it was just determined strictly by when are you available (laughs) i'm gonna throw you on when you're available basically yeah so it was nice to ask those those people to collaborate with us they're all friends of ours which is pretty sweet and they're all they all have amazing shows so I was very excited that they all said yes. Yeah, I'm pretty jazzed because like I think the biggest the biggest thing that we could do for each other in the content creator world is, you know, create content with other content creators. So this is actually pretty pretty awesome and like, you know, you sent me the files to listen to today and I was pretty jazzed cuz I actually didn't even realize who is who is all involved. Oh, you didn't even know? You didn't know? Well, no, no, I did, but you know, you guys are messaging on Twitter and I don't go on Twitter very often, so. Oh, by the way, you're going to have to stay off Twitter. <laughs> I have to stay off Twitter? Yeah, that's I fine. mean, you have to stay off my Twitter or my Twitter. You have to stay off our, our official Twitter cuz that's how oh, yeah. that's how they're sending me the the results. I, and I actually so this is a cool thing. John is not going to know what everyone else voted for. Nice. So it'll be yeah, a surprise a, for I, you. I am a 100% just a participant in this and which is which is fun for me cuz I can I don't know what to expect. I don't know what I have to do. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you kind of know yeah. I, 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 I had to play the games. I had to talk about our game that we're championing. Championing? Right. Championing? Whatever the word is. And I get to listen to everyone's stuff that Matt, when Matt sends it to me. Right. And, and one of the cool things, too, I think me and you are the only ones who played every game. I don't know if everyone's played every game. Like, just us. Oh, yeah, that's cool. So that would be kind of neat, too, because we'll, we'll be very knowledgeable in every episode. 
of what we thought of the game. Nice. All right, so tell me, Matt, now now that you're here and you can tell me what I have to do. <laughs> let's okay. let's get down to the nitty gritty rules of last game standing of 2020, even though it's like halfway through 2021. Right. So uh, j- just as you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all it takes to prepare. Also, just so you know, the original theme was the game everyone could play, but now the theme is just like, hey, what's this the hipster recommendation you're gonna listen? You know, you're gonna want to play. <laughs> what's the you game? You know what? After play, after playing all these games, I think everyone can play these games. If you're if you're a board gamer and you actively play board games, you uh, can 100% play all the games and enjoy them too. They're all fantastic games. Actually, so you, your theme your your theme still stands. Sorry, your theme still stands. Yeah. Okay. I still think it's a hipster. The, the game every hipster can play. That's what I think it's called. There we go. There you go. <laughs> Just as a note, too, I did listen to the first round of questions, and I'm actually like, this is really hard <laughs> to determine what game to eliminate. <laughs> I was actually like, I hope they all pre-listen. Like, I hope, I hope it just isn't a surprise because, man, it is, like, super hard. Even I was, like, sitting down like, oh, man, like, everyone's making very good points, which you'll hear next episode, and it'll be fantastic. Nice. All right. So the rules, it's very simple. Maybe it's not simple. I don't know. There are five games. One that is selected by each content creator who will champion questions on the game through each episode. These questions and answers will be pre-recorded and released each episode based on what I've already predetermined. If a game is not in the current round or episode due to being voted out from the previous episode, we will still play the response because there's a lot of great content there, but only after we decide the winner. And we'll use that as a talking point on each episode to be like, oh, should that have, you know, would that have won if it was still in? And I think that would be pretty cool to analyze. Every week, each content creator will listen to the answers for that week's question. And every content creator not on the show for the week will vote in advance. The content creator who is on for the week will reveal their vote with my vote. And all ties will be decided by Matt. Yeah, so just as a cool note, I mentioned a little bit earlier. So let's say Room 51 is on. I'm actually slowly giving away our guest list. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say Room 51 is on next week. So they will each have a vote along with you, John. So there'll be three separate votes added to the vote to the result. But then the other content creators, so each of them will have one vote. So even though Dyson Dragons has made up of Jason and Julie, they will only have one vote that week. But then the week that okay. they are on the show, each of them will have a separate vote. You did all the math, so it, I'm sure it all evens out in the end. It'll work out. I kind of I, I did that as like an incentive for being on the show. You're on the show, okay. you get a little extra vote. You know what I mean? Fair, fair. I thought that'd be a little fun. You know, Canada Reads is everyone gets a separate vote, but whatever. You gotta bend the rules. You gotta make it more fun. It's their own thing, you know? So every week, there will be a new grueling question that each content creator will have an answer for, which will be pre-recorded and then put on the show. And then we listen to it together. You and the other two content creators come up with your answer and then we tabulate the votes. So after we listen to the answers, us and the content creator for the show will debate the answers. We will then vote. We will then talk about the decision. And then, like I said, a minute ago we'll listen to the previous ones that were eliminated we'll also add in those into the conversation and at the end of four voting episodes only one game will be left standing so one game will be voted off every episode one game will be left standing after all four episodes and that will be the champion and then we'll email the publisher and be like hey we picked your game you get this award maybe we should send the publisher an award <laughs> that'd be hilarious like what the f- is this we should do it <laughs> All right, so I think I think it's time that we introduce 
the most wonderful content creators and the games that they have chosen. What do you say, Matt? Yeah, so let's give it a listen. So there are five content creators, there are five games, and we're going to play everyone's introduction right now. What up, gamers? I'm Jason. I'm Julie, and together we're Dyson Dragons. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram at Dyson Dragons, and on Twitter at Dyson Dragon. Yes, and today we are going to be talking about Aeons and Outcast. The game is designed by Kevin Riley, Nick Little, and Sidney Engelstein. The art is done by Gong Studios, and it is published by Indie Boards and Cards. Now, this is part of the I guess I can say it right now, the long-running Aeon's End series. There is a sequel coming out this year, Aeon's End Legacy of Gravel, that we're looking forward to. And Julie and I are big fans of this series, as we've got all of them, and this has hit the, t- the table quite a few times. The table, what was I doing there? <laughs> I don't know. Happens when I'm trying to say lots of stuff. So what are we doing in this game, Jason? I mean, how, like, what, how would you describe it? Well, this is a cooperative deck building game. So why don't you talk a little bit about the deck building, Julie, because this is one of your favorite mechanics. Well, yeah, I mean, I like the fact that you can pick the different powers that your different characters can have. They have powers, but you can add to it with the different cards that you can have. And I just, I love the fact that you've got, you know, spells and relics and, you know, that together you're casting these spells and you're preparing to defeat the bad guys. And you've got some big, big, big bad guys and you've got some smaller bad guys and and they just keep getting worse and worse. And you have to act with some amount of speed because otherwise the really bad stuff comes out. Yes, and the really interesting aspect about the deck building for this game is that you do not shuffle your deck. So as Julie said, you build your deck, you'll then be playing your spells to your breaches, and you will be, be throwing them at the different enemies. The sequence that you throw them at the enemies or cast them is very important in this game because of how they go into your discard pile and sometimes you may even want to not cast a spell to have it be more effective later on so there's a lot of really cool strategy that comes with uh, aeon's end your goal is to defeat the big bad the nemesis before you are overrun or the individual that you're protecting in the case of outcast or the town of gravel depending on the scenario that you could be playing in outcast as well is defeated and Later on in Outcast, you will also be joined by uh, a certain someone. If you're a fan of the Aeon's End series, you'll know who, and you'll get some really cool spells that they can cast to turn the tide of battle in your favor. So that's the overview as to how you're going to be playing Aeon's End Outcast. This is a well, not a legacy style game, but I would say it is a campaign game. So as you progress through the story successfully, you'll be earning some treasures that you'll add to your deck and that'll definitely give your characters a little bit of individuality. And the game is for one to four players. You will have to control multiple mages at a lower player count. We typically play the game at four mages because we're gluttons for punishment and we like to play everything that's in the box. You know, one of the things I liked about this is the decisions you're making about which treasures you're keeping or which things you're keeping also have an impact. You don't know what's coming. And sometimes you don't necessarily pick the right card and later you wish that you had picked another card. Yeah, that's a great aspect of the campaign element. And it all just works really well, flows well. There are always some very challenging bosses in Aeon Zen and that can be frustrating, but 
So far, it's only brought us back for more. And the game that has the most challenging boss, the one that we've actually never defeated, that drove us crazy, is not this one, thankfully. And maybe we'll beat him one day, but I think we'll have to play it at two players. Yeah, you so, one of the things we didn't mention, by the way, is how long this game takes. So it takes about 60 minutes to get through one of the... I mean, yeah, 60 to 90 minutes, depending on the nemesis and the cards that you get. Sometimes a sequence where the, the, the nemesis cards come out in, especially if you're not playing through a preset version of the deck, can run a little long as you're trying to sort of survive until you get that nice window of opportunity to land the killing blow. Mm -hmm. So there you have it. That's Aeons and Outcasts. And this is the first part of the last game standing. Hey there, I'm Megan. And I'm Tristan. And we're the co-hosts of the Girl Meets Nerd podcast, your beginner's guide to the nerdverse. We are so excited to be here today to fight to be the last board game standing. Dun, dun, dun. If you'd like to find out about our podcast, you can visit our website at girlmeetsnerd.com, follow us on Instagram at girlmeetsnerdpodcast, or on Twitter at girlmeetsnerd. So Megan, what board game are we fighting for to be standing last? <laughs> we are fighting for the board game called Fort by Leader Games. An extremely powerful board game that is sure to defeat all the other games in this competition. Absolutely. It was designed by some amazing people, Grant Rodiak, and developed by Nick Brockman. And the art is by the lovely Kyle Farron. So... How do we play this game? Let me just read the back because they describe it best. We'll give you an overview. Fort. You're a kid. And like many kids, you want to grow your circle of friends, grab a bunch of pizza and toys, and build the best fort. Naturally, by doing this cool stuff, you'll score victory points. And at the end of the game, the player with the most victory points is the winner. Fort is a deck building game with a twist. Your cards not only let you take actions on your own turn, but also let you follow the other players' actions on their turns. Will you devote yourself to your own posse or copy what the other kids are doing? Keep an eye out, though. If you don't actually use all the cards in your hand, the other players will get a chance to nab them. After all, if you don't play with your friends, why should they hang out with you anymore? The only board game that makes you face reality. <laughs> So, as most of you know, if you've listened to our podcast, I don't do the rules. So, Tristan, how do you actually play this game? I do do the rules. <laughs> so, to play Fort, you're going to be trying to score more points than the other players that you are playing against by building a fort. And as we described, trying to attract more friends in order to score points. And friends are cards in this friends game. Friends are cards. Great point. So essentially, this is a deck building game. You are trying to create the most powerful deck of friends to score more points than your opponents. So how do you do this? You play a card from your hand on every turn that have different actions. So each of the different friends that you collect will give you different abilities that you can play in your turn. Generally, each of your friends give you two actions to play, and you can choose to play one or both of those actions. Actions are geared towards scoring points, so building more resources, collecting more resources, scoring victory points, or taking resources away from your enemies. 
each of the cards has a public action. So even when it's not your turn, you're still able to play the game. So when an opponent of yours plays a card, you have the opportunity to use some of your resources to take their action. So you're constantly being able to play this game. That's one of the things that I love about it. It's such a cute game and so much fun, and we can't wait to tell you more about it. I'm Megan. And I'm Tristan. And we're going to make sure that Fort is the last board game standing. Hey there, this is Norm from Cardboard Conjecture and... Ryan from Cardboard Conjecture. And we are here to talk about, first of all, we are invited by Friday Night Games. Thank you very much. To talk about a, a game from 2020 that isn't an A-list game, not to say that you know it's not deserving of that, but it, it wasn't as hyped, let's say, the spotlighted games. This was more the, the unsung hero of the 2020. Ooh, so good one. I like yeah, that. Yeah. So we, uh, we came down with a pick and we, and we were approved of this pick. So we're going to get to that right after I pitch this to Ryan to tell us who we are. Yeah. So we are Cardboard Conjecture and we are based out of Saskatoon in the Bridge City Board Gamers Facebook community group. And you can find us on all your, you know, all, all of the things that you can find podcasts on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, whatever you want to listen to your podcasts on. We've got Twitter, we've got Instagram, we've got something on YouTube. Just search up BC Board Gamers. Yeah, that's 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 been us. We have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. <laughs> I love we're it. Per we're perfect for this segment. <laughs> and so the segment we're going to talk about is a game called Merv, The Heart of the Silk Road, designed by Fabio Lopiano and published by Osprey Games. As said, that's a 2020 publication. One to four players. Yay, gotta love the solo. 90 minutes, aged four plus. The four, uh, four age four. Uh, did I 14? say four plus? <laughs> 14. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> my, my brain is caffeinated. So let's kind of describe, and I'm just gonna go into the publisher provided description. So Merv the Heart of the Silk Road is a tense economic game charting the rise and fall of the greatest city in the world. In Merv, players are vying to amass power and wealth in the prosperous heart of the Silk Road through careful court intrigue, timely donations to the Grand Mosque, and favorable trade deals. Players attempt to redirect as much of that prosperity as possible into their own pockets. Meanwhile, beyond the city walls, Mongol hordes approach. If you help construct the city walls, you give up on precious opportunities to build up your own stature, but leave it unprotected and you will burn with the city. Every decision is weighty and the consequences of each misstep are dire. Will you rise to prominence or fade into oblivion? That's that's pretty dramatic. I kind of like that. Oh, it got pretty tense there for a bit. I, I got chills. I, I think I got goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> so what's what's the so what's the goal of this game? So the goal of the game, obviously, it's a it's a Euro based game because it's Osprey game. So it's whoever can amass the most points, and you'd be able to do that. You're the winner. Now the way that you 
you know, mass these points is that there is, you're only going to take 12 actions, 12 actions, Norm, for the <laughs> whole course of this game. And every one of those actions is very crucial because there's so many things you can do. You can build walls, you can collect goods, you can try to fulfill contracts, you can try to go to the marketplace, you can, so many different things that you can do in this game, but you only got 12 actions. Yeah. And the turn order is so very crucial and very interesting and in how it how it plays out. Mm, I'm 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 always fired up when I'm talking about this game. This- a bunch of tracks. It's like it's fun Euro tracks. Now the general theme, I think we kind of hit the general theme in the description, like the Silk Road. You're doing all of these fun, fun market trades. And as you said, the center city, I think that is mm, so good. Yeah, that, that to me, that is that is the heart of this game is that four-sided matrix of action programming is what I was yeah, thinking about. Where all the tiles have been laid out yeah. in the very beginning of the game is going to very much dictate kind of general things that players are going to want to try to do because when you on your turn you're going to take your guy you're going to put it in a row or as a column and you're going to have to you know trigger one of the tiles so very early in the game your actions aren't getting you very much but later in the game there's much there's lots of cascading effects yeah much later so like the very first round goes by very fast the middle round Okay, now it's starting to get a little, that last round. Yeah. There are so many interesting decisions to be made. Yeah. Like you said, there's 12 turns, and how it breaks down is there's three rounds, and you're going around the outside square of the city. And that's where you get, you know, uh, one kind of around the city is one turn. And like I said, three turns, 12 actions. And wow, like every good Euro, I think the general idea how to play this is to find. The easiest way to put it is there's five areas that you can work on. And typically two of those synergistically connect all the time. This and this are a good combo or this and this is a good combo. And I think we're still trying to explore. And don't let one player in the game dominate because they will most likely run away with it. So there is lots of tense decisions of trying to maximize what you're going to do, but also try to minimize what somebody else is going to do. Yeah. Without it getting too crazy deep into it. with Very passive aggressive. Yeah. Without, uh, you know, describing a lot of it, the action selection happens when you, when you pick a place and you put a house on it that you get to get to cascade or get to combine a lot of these resources. So I, there's so much to talk about this game and I think we're pretty much winding up our time. So is there one thing you want to say about this awesome Euro with so much depth to it? Uh, that was my I, question with my own opinion. Yep. Yeah, Ryan. I, I think you, na- you nailed it on the head. It is uh, simple to play, but so much depth and yeah, so many, so many good things, but I think we're going to get those in, in, in a later episode. Yeah. Yeah. Why we like this game. So, but this is just to introduce Merv heart of the silk road by osprey games what is up my name is melissa mccack and i'm here with my brother justin mccack hey hey everybody we are room 51 where we talk all things board gaming you can find us over on our youtube channel at youtube.com slash room 51 you can also find us on twitch at twitch.tv slash room 51 live and then you could also find us on all sorts of social media facebook instagram and twitter all at this is room 51 so that's where you can find us if you want to check us out. Yeah. The game that we are talking about is Rallyman GT. Justin, take it away. Boom. Okay. So 
Rallyman GT is by Holy Grail Games. So the game is, it's a racing game, right? And it's all about rally racing. So you're pretty much racing against your opponents to get through this whole winding course and everything and be the first one to, to cross the finish line. And what makes this game, I guess, stand out from other racing games is its usage of gears and dice so there's like this pusher luck mechanism of moving further by going through your different gears up shifting or down shifting and you have to roll dice to see if you're able to successfully do that in this really fun and strategic way where it's like okay do i want to push my luck do i want to be a bit safer with it what's the best strategy what gear do i want to end up on maybe i don't want to go as far as I possibly can on this turn. Maybe I want to end up on a higher gear or a lower gear to position myself better for my next turn. All these different things kind of accumulate into what makes Rallyman GT a very interesting and in-depth racing game that really does stand out from other racing games to me. Yeah, Would you yeah. agree with that? That it stands out from I, I would say it stands out. I, I really like the push-a-look mechanism. And by the way, this game is designed by, and I am so sorry, I'm about to, I, I might butcher these names, but I was going to say Jean-Christophe Bouvier. And the artist is Luis Muzi. I am so sorry. Again, I think I totally mispronounced these names. But I just wanted to give them credit as well for this awesome awesome game and they are coming out with another one where it's like on a dirt track and everything but that's not what we're talking about yeah i am excited for that though because just with the general idea of the game since it is a rally game i'm very excited to have different surfaces because a lot of times different rally stages will have that where it'll be a tarmac versus you know dirt things like that yeah Uh, so i'm excited for that just just as all into races but anyway That is it for this episode. Thank you so much. We will catch you in that second episode. Wow. That is awesome, eh? Yeah. I mean, I'm jazzed. I'm I'm really excited for this this contest. And do you know what? I think Castles of Tuscany is going to win. That's just, that's just. (laughs) I don't. That's just me. That's just me. (laughs) What's your, some of our answers? I'm like, some of our answers are so funny. I don't want to ruin anything, but some answers are so funny. Yeah, so just just to recap on the five amazing games. So Room 51 is championing Rallyman GT. Girl Meets Nerd is championing Fort. Dice and Dragons is championing Aeon's End Outcasts. We're championing Castles of Tuscany. And Bridge City Board Gamers are championing Merv. Nice. Yeah, so make sure you tune in next week where we will vote off one of those games based on a question. And on that show will be Room 51. Cool. But before we go, I'm going to circle back to something really funny. We should send a trophy <laughs> to a publisher. <laughs> in fact, at, at my work, I was I was in charge of uh, helping out with employee committee. We had a chili cook-off. And just as a joke, we had this like $100 budget. So we bought this $100 seven-foot-tall trophy. <laughs> that we that we gave to the winner of the of the chili cook-off and then we ended up like having other cook-offs like we had like a cake cook-off and a cookie cook-off this is obviously all pre-covid right can't do that now mm-hmm. but anyone who won get to have this giant trophy and they had to like sit it next to their desk and it was just bananas like you walk by it, it is like the tallest thing you've ever seen <laughs> but everyone everyone in the office thought it was hilarious we should definitely send that to the winning publisher so okay so just 
a little off topic now. So, John, what game, what totally hipster game should have been game of the year? Did we leave off anything? Like, you were talking about you love gods, love dinosaurs. Do you think that that should have been the game we did? And I think I love gods, love dinosaurs. Just I have, like, an emotional attachment to that game. It's a, fa- it's a fantastic game. Yeah, last week's podcast, I talked about, you know, emotional connection. I, was, I played it with my, with my kid. But it's a great game. You know what? I think out of all the games that that are on our list with the content creators, if I'm going to choose one of those, I think I probably had the most fun playing Fort. Yeah. I wish I uh, was able to play Merv all the way to the end. Unfortunately, I had to step off the game early. But yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. What game did we should have been on there that we didn't include? It doesn't have to be. It could be a popular game. Should have been on that list yeah. and we didn't? Yeah. I have a couple games in my mind. Dude, I don't remember what I did yesterday. Uh, <laughs> oh come on, Arnak! We're missing Arnak. We're missing yeah, Dune Imperium. No, Dice I know. And Dragons no, I think called my us favorite out. Game, my favorite game that I played probably last year is probably Dune Imperium. Yeah, I so, think actually mine yeah. is Dune Imperium too. I'm trying to think what else. What else was released last year? Oh, the crew. The crew, which I discluded, right? So that was kind of I don't know. I guess that's my fault. Whatever. <laughs> I should have included that, but I don't know it's it's tough like it's tough to like include everything i'm pulling up a list right now so like okay jaws of the lion right dude imperium arnak on mars we never played and that's pretty tough pandemic legacy season zero that's kind of a re-implementation do we miss that yeah i don't think so vice counts of the west kingdom uh i don't know i liked it but i didn't think it was like game of the year yeah i don't think so i I enjoyed it too but there's a couple on here we haven't played like knit of we haven't played that one i played tekinu i don't think it's as good as other people think it's as good (laughs) does that make sense (laughs) i think the list we have you know they're they're not super popular games but they all have their own quality of being a really amazing game okay okay but if you if i were to be like john give me two more game give me two to three games that should be on the list if if we didn't go down the route we did what, what would you have put on there yeah i'd put dune me too for sure probably arnak those two have kind of go hand in hand for several reasons and then i would throw on gods of dinosaurs because i want to because <laughs> you love that game it's a good game man yeah i i would actually keep Rallyman gt on there i love Rallyman gt not that i'm gonna vote for it to win but i i really like that game and obviously i love castle castles of tuscany i think it was a fantastic game it appeals to everybody right i think i think that's kind of what castle well i guess i shouldn't ruin it but I, th- I think it's it's a very open game it can appeal to everybody whereas like say something like dude imperium or gloomhaven might not make sense fair right but lost runes are not could pandemic legacy could okay so stay tuned for next episode where we vote off the first game of five and we're gonna have a very special question to that one too so look for that and room 51 will be joining us which will be super fun so make sure you tune in next week thanks everybody if you like what you hear don't forget to leave us a review on apple Podcasts or follow us on your favorite streaming platform you can follow us on our social medias instagram at friday night games underscore official twitter at friday night gms tiktok at friday night games and our website, FridayNight.Games. And again, I'm John. I'm Matt. And it's Friday night, so let's have some fun.